following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Cowboys! This, this is Mick Shots. Streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Savannah Hugh Moeller, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. Well, three out of four ain't bad, <laughs> as it is a Tuesday here in the SWBC podcast studio. It is Mick Schatz. It's Bill Jones. It's Savannah Humoler. It's Mickey Spagnola. And it's not Everson Walls today. But Hello. Hello. How are Hi. we doing? Good. We're great. Are How you are trying you? To... Savannah's got her laptop out, and we are ready to take text messages from you, the Cowboy fan, today. It's a text Tuesday. Text-friendly. Text you know what? I was thinking it ought to be today. It's a talk, Taco Tuesday. A Taco Tuesday. Because we talked defense so much yesterday, we probably ought to talk offense today. I like it. I'm still on the defense. Oh. No, we got offense, too. Yeah. We, yeah. yeah. we could go back and forth. Offense has its own issues. Three out of four ain't bad. Yeah. And we had an opportunity uh, at the end of the day yesterday, after we were signed off the air, Mike McCarthy had a press conference, and then the coordinators had their own uh, media oppor- availabilities. And so we've got uh, some light shed on what happened on Sunday afternoon. Mickey's got his legal pad filled with notes. I'm sure that he was scribbling down Savannah as he was listening to the coordinators talk yesterday. Yes. What did they say? What Mickey? did they say? Yes. T- yeah. Tell us. Give us uh, give us some highlights. I'll let you go through the legal pad and come up with uh, some highlights. But I was most interested before we talk. Oh, Tuesday. Uh, I was most interested in hearing what Dan Quinn had to say. Yeah, he was, um, how should we say? He was uh, upset with the way his defense yes, played. Yes, yeah, that's probably to quote him. very uh, accurate. Uh, uh, he he uh, So here's what I think I took from him, and it was about how in the first half, basically, but it kind of carried over to fourth quarter, giving up big plays. And, and, and in the fourth quarter, the one big play. 69-yard completion. To Michael Wilson. Right. Left, uh, but he gave, left unguarded. But he gave Malik Hooker credit right. for saving the touchdown and giving him an opportunity yeah, to at least maybe force the He made it plain game. that it was Mal- not Malik Hooker's yes. fault. In fact, uh, Malik Hooker is the one who gave him a chance to get a stop on right. that drive, yeah. which they didn't get. Absolutely. Yeah. And, he, and he talked about... How Hooker played, Bland played, and D Law, and D Law. Ted, those were the three guys who played up to snuff right. on uh, Sunday, and everybody else pretty much uh, was uh, less than what uh, they usually do. So this will be the shocking stat that I came up with after listening to him about big plays. Okay. Okay. So the first two games. And we're going to judge big plays, run and pass plays of 20-plus yards. The first two games, they gave up three of those in that category for 114 yards. Just three. And Mm -hmm. one of them was the 68-yarder 
um, with Zach Wilson to Garrett, Garrett Wilson, 68-yard mm-hmm. touchdown pass. So we talked yesterday that there were seven big plays by Arizona of 20-plus yards. Well, those seven plays came to 249 yards. Against Arizona? Against Arizona. So 249 of their 400 yards came on seven plays. The other 46 plays they had came to 151 yards. So if you do the math on it, the seven plays for 249 come to about 30-some yards a play average, and the 46 plays for 151 yards come to 3.2 yards a play. So how do you play so well on 46 plays and seven plays were disaster, which basically got them beat, right? And um, that was the difference, I think, uh, in that game, seeing that they had, you know, plays of 69, 45 for a touchdown, 44 for a run. I think they had a 30 in there and a couple 20s. But so what happened with this defense, and, you know, sometimes they get you, right? They came up with a play and out-schemed you on that play. But a lot of times, those big plays like that, they're mistakes. They're assignment mistakes, just like Bill pointed out on the 69-yard pass. There's no way you devised a defense to let that guy run across the field down the right side all by himself without a soul even there. So there was a misplay there. Um, We talked about... Bill mentioned the 44-yarder. The quarterback run quarterback the play run. Of the game. And then on that touchdown, the 45-yard mm-hmm. one, Sam Williams crashed inside, didn't hold down the edge, and they double-teamed J. Ron Curse to the outside. Double-teamed him with both tight ends on that play that I went and watched. And then that was the one Donovan Wilson took a false step to his left and couldn't get back in time to his right. Do you think they were confused? Some of the guys were confused because when I watched, there was a Sam Williams, Jordan Lewis looked confused on a couple plays. Is that a problem as far as that inconsistency there? Do they need to tighten up on on having consistency? There was one play they had, they were confused on lining up. Yeah, remember, remember Parsons, Parsons and, was and to the left, and Van Der Esch yeah. was shoot him to the right. And he had his hands. Yeah, and he's going, "Whoa, well, what do I do? Or right. what am I? Mm-hmm. Am I playing defensive end or linebacker?" Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, I think there was some of that, and and, and I, I'm going to give Arizona credit for scheming against this defense. I think that you know they they saw some of the apparent weaknesses, um, and then the other thing that stood out to me is the defensive front was not keeping the offensive linemen off the linebackers. There was too many times. Van Der Esch, it's one thing to have one guy come on you. Sometimes there was two. You can't play defense like that. You know, it, it's interesting. Uh, just You have a certain game plan offensively and defensively as you go into a game, and I wonder, I think that when you look at the offense – 
I think once it was determined on Saturday that um, Tyron Smith as, was highly unlikely to play and Zach Martin was out and Tyler Biotish was out and you pretty much were certain you were going with three new starters on and, and then a first-time starter this year in Tyler Smith at left guard that Mike McCarthy uh, altered his game plan for the game as right. far as uh, right. what they were going to do offensively. I don't defensively they may have wanted to do the same thing maybe they did I don't know but this was a game where with the uncertainty on the offensive line the possibility of producing a lot of points was not going to be as great as as if everybody was healthy and the one thing you want to avoid against Arizona is the big play and I think that but the calling card of this Cowboys defense the first two games of this year the the last two years are their takeaways their big play ability and I think they went in with the attitude that we're going to we're we're us we're going to do what we do Defensively, and we are going to come up with big plays, and uh, it backfired on them. Like they were game. hunting the plays, right? Exactly, of they were right. they were aggressively yeah. seeking the big plays, and that's why I mentioned to Everson is it's become a mindset of a player when you know you're down a number of players in a game that you're you're trying to do too much. You're trying to make that big play, and and maybe even from a coaching standpoint, you're trying to do too much to make a big play. When in this game against this particular team, if you just kept them all in front of you and made it and played it like it was going to be a close game, uh, then you wouldn't have had the big play sprung on you. Uh, one play in particular, the Rondale Moore play, Mickey, which you talked about, Sam Williams was playing the right edge. He was set up as a wide nine. Right. Dorrance Armstrong was wide nine to the left. And if you look at the end zone uh, copy, the Cowboys basically had two down linemen and Marquise Bell as your middle linebacker on that play. And that was the play where Marquise Bell uh, got eaten up, eaten up by the offensive lineman. Some will say the offensive lineman held him as well, but uh, the numbers weren't right there. And by by formation, Arizona uh, schemed it where Leighton Vander Esch was not playing the middle. He was uh, he was shaded to the left side of the formation. And the one thing also I think Quinn pointed out is they didn't have a takeaway. This team. Mm-hmm. That defense lives on takeaways, and they had, what, seven of them in the first two games. They were plus seven takeaway differential. So I just decided right now I was going to see the last time they played a game without a takeaway. And I'm looking here from last year, and if I can go game by game, You're going to find that. I'm going to find <laughs> that I go back to Washington, the fourth game of the year. They didn't have an interception. They didn't have a fumble recovery. As you're looking that up, one of the reasons that they had so many turnovers or takeaways in the first two games of this year is they were able to get up on the Giants and the Jets early in the game. Right. This mm-hmm. game played out differently where they were down 15-3 to three in the second quarter. And they were trying to play and you catch go up. Back, and you go back the last couple of years, and when the Cowboys fall behind, 
by double digits in the first half of a game, it usually doesn't bode well for them. Right. Most teams are like that, too. Yeah. But if you previous year, I, I think it was during the – I'm pretty sure it was the 2021 season, all the losses – uh, they got behind by double figures in the first half of the game. And and every game that they didn't do that, they won. So last year, all they had was one, two, three, four, five, six, six, uh, six games with no interceptions. And when it came to fumble recoveries, one, two, three, four, five, six. And that's it. Every other game, there was interceptions and fumbles. And what recovers. was the record last year? 12 and 12 5. 12 and 5. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a recipe for success. Can't well, fall behind. Can't and, fall behind. And and you got to win the turnover yeah, differential. Exactly. And then, you know, the other part of that is if you're getting takeaways, you're making it usually easier on your offense. Chances are you're getting better field position. But conversely, if you're scoring points on offense, then the opposing offense has to take chances. And they never really got uh, Arizona to a point where the pressure's on, we got to score. And they should have had it at 21-16 and then one the, play. The pressure, was, the pressure was on Arizona on that possession. And it took one and play. Because if, if they go three and out, right. the Cowboys are in position. Okay. Yeah. But Michael Wilson was left uncovered for a 69-yard pickup. So you got a mental, a mental bus. Right. All right. Uh, you want to start us off before we go to break here with uh, something from the text line, Savannah? Yes. Do we need to um, remind everybody before we do this? Sure. Eight one seven two nine zero three two nine eight. I think we're gonna we're gonna have to talk a little Dak Prescott okay, when we come will, back. Okay. Uh, have a few people asking some questions about Dak of consistency, Dak ceiling. Okay. Anything about okay. the offensive linemen that we're missing? I have one question. I've got about one for the, you when we come back here. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. As we come back, we're gonna it's Taco Old Tuesday on mix shots. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With Blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at Blockchain.com. You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip. With its perfect cheese to sour cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans, it's a sip away from perfection. That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. 
Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. Cowboys football and Miller Lite. What a pairing. Can cracks a kickoff. Tailgates going way past postgame. Sunday night overtimes followed by Monday morning swagger. Brisket in the smoker. Miller Lite in the cooler. America's team playing America's greatest sport. Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys football tastes like Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2023 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back, back to mixed shots. K-Post Roofing and Waterproofing, the official roofer of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, we continue here on a Tuesday at the Star in Frisco. Cowboys players have their regular day off today. They start in earnest preparing for the New England Patriots tomorrow. And, of course, last night we had uh, two games played. The Eagles remain unbeaten with a 25-11 to win over the previously unbeaten Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Bengals got a yeoman effort from Joe Burrow playing hurt to beat the Rams uh, last night for their first win of the season. So there are three unbeaten teams in the NFL through three weeks of the season. That shows what parity does for you in this league. It's Philadelphia, it's San Francisco, who the Cowboys will play next week, and it's the Miami Dolphins, who put up 70 points. And by the way, how about the matchup this week? Miami-Buffalo. Oh, really? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Very good. It's a good one. It's a, I believe it's a noon game on Sunday. A rare um, marquee matchup in the noon window on Sunday. Is Tony Romo getting that game? Um, that would be interesting. I'm not. I, I would imagine it would. I mean, I'd ship them right. A lot over. of times, a lot of times <laughs> the, the network one crew, right? But a, a lot of times the networks will make the decisions on what games are getting in the first month of the season. They they make that that decision before the season even starts. But I can see that they would have already assigned him uh, mm-hmm. and Nance to that game at the outset of the season, albeit it being a noon game. Usually he gets the 325 game. All right, here's so a question. So wait, before okay. we go, All right. I was going to say, uh, advice to the Dallas Cowboys okay. after watching the Philadelphia game last mm-hmm. night. They've got till November 5th to get their offensive line back together <laughs> because the Georgia line – Mm-hmm. Holy cow, those monsters. Mm-hmm. Is that the name of a group, Georgia? No, it, I don't know. There's a country, <laughs> something country. Florida Georgia, Georgia Line. Florida, Florida Georgia. Florida Georgia Line. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is just the Georgia Line. Okay. Oh, my Lord. Well, speaking of offensive line, if I were to tell you yes, at the beginning of training camp, okay, not just on offense, but the Cowboys are going to play a game this season where they don't have Trayvon Diggs, and Marquise Bell is your third linebacker, okay, which is what the way they've been playing it the last three weeks, okay? But I'm saying – I'm asking this question in the beginning of training camp when we had no idea that Marquise Bell would be a linebacker. Right. He was a safety. Okay. All right. But more importantly, 
They're going to play a game this season in which Chuma Idoga starts at left tackle. Tyler Smith plays his first game of the season at left guard. Brock Hoffman play is your starting center. T.J. Bass is your starting right guard and Terrence Steele at right tackle. What would you say, regardless of who the opponent is, what would you say the chances are the Cowboys win that game? If I asked you that question at the beginning of training camp. I would say they got shut out. <laughs> I would Fair have, enough. I'd have basically, the, as important as it is to have healthy offensive linemen in this league, and you can point to the Rams last year, the Super Bowl champions from the year before who lost uh, a previously Pro Bowl left tackle and Andrew Whitworth to retirement, and then they had so many injuries during the season. We, we saw what happened to that team. Um, last year, and there are others too. We saw Philadelphia remain healthy throughout the year on their offensive line until the very end when Lane Johnson had to nurse an injury in the last game of the season, basically. Uh, And we saw what Philadelphia did. Yeah, I think you're you're probably seeing uh, this year with the teams that are getting off to quick starts that the offensive lines are healthy. But it's so important to have a healthy offensive line. That's not an excuse for what happened on Sunday, but it's just reality in this league. And even and as Brian Schottenheimer said in his press conference yesterday, those guys played well. But it's very difficult for an offensive line to be thrown together, especially the way this one was this past week with the injuries coming late in the week where they didn't get the reps in practice for them to be able to function as an offense, which I think has a lot to do with the play calling that we saw in this game, especially late in the game, after the Michael Gallup throw in the end zone, um, that is not Mike McCarthy like to run right. with from the five and a half minute mark to the three minute mark in the game, where time is of the essence to run five straight rushing plays. But I think he felt like he had to do that because of what he had up front on his offensive line. Oh, I think he was scared of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to throw one more at you. Just think back to. Remember the Super Bowl when Kansas City got beat and they right. had like three different offensive linemen and in And what they did in the, in the offseason after that, they, they shored up that up, offensive okay, line. free agency which is, which in the is, draft. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, so, no, you're, you're exactly right on that. And even Mike McCarthy said, my bad, that I've got to learn now, uh, and he probably knew it, but I'm going to get my backups more snaps in practice. And remember, they only have so many, t- so much time in practice, right? But those guys that you just mentioned barely got any practice. Right. Because they thought, well, they would have had some uh, early because they knew uh, Zach wasn't practicing. But the Biotish thing crops up, and then Tyron Smith thing crops up on Saturday, right? And so those guys are out there. I think you basically with, with Tyron, you basically have because of track record the last several right. years that uh, and where he is in his career. And now Zach Martin is at that point at that, that age wise, thirty three years old. That you you've got to make sure that that the backup offensive linemen are ready to go, even when it appears on on the injury report that you're good on Thursday. You may not be good by Sunday. Have we anticipated when? These guys could make a return potentially. Has anyone said anything? No, they have no. not. I think Stephen Jones mentioned that there was a chance that they would get back, but he said we got to see how the week goes along. So 
I think they're usually pretty it, optimistic it makes the decision easy if they have an injury that puts them out for four weeks and you put them on IR. Now you're 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 getting the young guys reps mm-hmm. in practice. And you're talking two guys starting Hoffman and Bass that had never played. I mean, they'd been out there, you know, mop up stuff. Bass got to play a little bit that second half against uh, the for, Jets. For, yeah. for the Jets, but. They had never started in the NFL. That was their first starts. Hoffman's probably first snaps other than, you know, some cleanup time and a blowout. Uh, so if those guys don't get a lot of snaps in practice. I'll be interested to see this week if they give some snaps at left tackle to Tyler Smith. Yep, that'll be that will be interesting, and and good for them. They were actually going up against the Arizona front and not right. the Philadelphia front or the right. San Francisco front, which the Cowboys will be facing next week. And even what the Patriots do uh, defensively, they got in a very experienced defense. They have virtually everybody back on defense, and you know what Bill Belichick can do with the defense to try to confuse young players. All right, to the text line we go. All right. Regina from Virginia would like to know what we think about Brandon Cooks and the two games he has played. Do you think he has enough chemistry with Dak Prescott? Oh, I think the chemistry uh, is there. I think uh, I'm going to go back to, you know, he didn't play the previous game. So he played in the opener. Um, I think which was a game in which the Cowboys did not have to throw the football because they got up. Right, sixteen to nothing to start the game, and um, and then this last game, and as he, Bill's and, talking, they're playing with a scared stick, and and he's dealing with his injury, right? So coming off it, so I think it's too early to. I think that they were fine, just judging what we saw in training camp. They had gotten work together in the off season on their own as well. I think the chemistry is fine. Uh, it's just a, too small a sample size and the nature of the games so far that it's uh, hard to make a read. Just like last week we were talking, why, you know, they got to get Michael Gallup involved. Well, Michael Gallup got involved in a really good way on Sunday, which they will grow from there on that. And had that interference got called in the end zone, they would have had the ball at the one-yard line, and I kind of liked their chances of – Giving it to Hunter Lipke and letting him score. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for that. I actually like that. <laughs> Give them the ball. All so right. if they had scored a touchdown, was that the drive of the interception? Yes. So the score at that time it was, was 28-16. 28-16. So it would have been 28-23 or 24 if you go for two, if you scored a touchdown. But you wouldn't have. 28-23. Yeah. So now, game on, right? Right, and you still had three mm-hmm. timeouts left. And you could have onside kick. You could have onside you, kick. You, you would have played defense. Yeah. And now the pressure. So, and, and was so what you're saying, had they gotten them. the call, yes. then you get you wouldn't have had three minutes left. Let's say you score on the next play, um, and at best you at best you score on the next play. And you've got five minutes left in the game instead of three minutes left in the game. And so you would not have onside kicked. You would have tried to trust your defense that they're going to go ahead and cover everybody and get a three and out, and then you get the ball back. Because that play was snapped at 533. Right. So say you... Got the call. You you would have had five minutes left. Right. With the score now tight, and it makes them think. Okay, now this is. It was what a we huge call do. in the game. Right. 
Huge call. Yeah. Especially since it was made and then picked up mm-hmm. for some godforsaken reason. Okay, we're going back to the text line. Are we going to go down that DAC road? I think we can start going down the DAC road if you'd okay. like. All right, let's go for it. All right, let me pull this up. Okay, DAC in his eighth season. Jalen Hurts went to the Super Bowl in his second year. Do we think Russell that Wilson did too? Dak, his ceiling maybe has been hit compared to Jalen Hurts. Not comparing to Jalen Hurts or anybody, but I don't think his ceiling has been hit. I agree. No, let's not judge off of one game. I mean. Think about the judgments that were made after two games. This was going to be the doomsday defense. And then in game three, they doomed the Cowboys. Seven plays for 200 and, what did I say, (laughs) 49 yards. Jeez. I guess the Arizona Cardinals. (laughs) Who hadn't won and what did they lose? Nine. By the way, by the way, I was thinking, uh, another thing I was going to tell you yesterday, we needed to have Danny Sarek on the show this Afterwards, week. Afterwards, yeah. Oh, bring her back on, we needed, yeah. But we needed with Everson here because you heard, heard what, Everson, right. what Everson was was telling <laughs> Danny last week about um, – in fact, I saw a Facebook post. That's what it, uh, made me think of it. I saw a Facebook post in Danny's family, and they, were, uh, they, were, they, they all root for the Cowboys because they're from here, mm-hmm. and she's the Arizona Cardinals reporter now. As we talked about with her on the show last week, her heart is actually with the Cowboys, <laughs> but her paycheck goes exactly. for the Cardinals. She didn't, she didn't say that. I said that. Uh, but – um, it was it was funny, and so in the comments I said, we need to have you back on the show just so that you could talk some smack to Everson. <laughs> well, she she had her... Uh, but she wouldn't. She had her red suit on, by uh-huh. the way, yep. and at halftime she came up to me, and it was 20, what, 21.10, and she said, oh, having a good time? And I said, <laughs> you just be careful. The Cowboys got the first possession of the second half. It's going to be 21.17 real quick. Well, did you see her after the game? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. We continue with more mixed shots in just a moment. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. Cowboys football and Miller Lite. What a pairing. Can cracks a kickoff. Tailgates going way past postgame. Sunday night overtimes followed by Monday morning swagger. Brisket in the smoker. Miller Lite in the cooler. America's team playing America's greatest sport. Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys football tastes like Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2023 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. 
What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip. With its perfect cheese to sour cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans, it's a sip away from perfection. That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. (sighs) Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back, back to mixed shots. Your Dallas Cowboys head to Santa Clara to take on the 49ers in week five of the 2023 season. Come out to the Miller Lighthouse at AT AT&T Stadium on October 8th for a free watch party presented by 7-Eleven. Cheer on the boys alongside the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders and Rowdy while enjoying $5 Miller Lights, barbecue game day, fair, and more. Gates open at 6 p.m. and kickoff is at 7-20 for more information and to claim your free ticket, visit DallasCowboys.com slash watch party. That'll be fun. A Sunday night game at San Francisco next week. And then the Cowboys play a night game the following week, a Monday night game at the Chargers. And then the bye week after that, the week of uh, October 22nd. But uh, the Chargers, by the way, just uh, signed Simi Fehoko to their active roster off the Steelers practice squad. They had the injury to Mike Williams, uh, which um, will help the Cowboys out when they go to, to play the Chargers. Did you see the numbers that Justin Herbert put up against the Vikings? He was like 40 out of 47 for yes. over 400 yards. And uh, Keenan Allen threw a touchdown pass. And he also had, I think, like 18 catches in the game they're putting in it but it was a very close game that the vikings uh came very close to winning a great game he had a 405 yards and three touchdowns yeah so and who's the offensive coordinator kellen moore okay that's right uh why aren't we staying at san jose after the san francisco game i don't know what i didn't ask i was asking you (laughs) see if you could (laughs) arrange that after the game, well, you because st- you got to go back again on Monday, the following Monday. Oh, play the oh, play. I see. Between the San Francisco, yeah, yeah. Well, then, but it's not the. Shots. It's it's like an eight eight days. Like the, like the Giants played last week. Yeah, the Giants but it's played, not like eight days because we get home Monday at about five in the morning. But you still got a full week to prepare, Mickey. Okay. Okay. The Giants, on the other hand, they played week two. They played at Arizona. And then they played a Thursday night game at San Francisco. So it, obviously they right. were going to stay on the West Coast, right. which they did. Well, Bill kept us out there between San Francisco and the Raiders mm-hmm. when they were in Oakland. It was the same town. Yeah. Uh, but this week it's the New England Patriots. And the New England Patriots made an interesting move uh, at the end of the week. Friday, Saturday, they signed Will Greer off the <laughs> wow. Bengals practice squad. 
Uh, and Will Greer said, yep, I'm coming to New England. And so absolutely, as Brian Schottenheimer said, he's, there's probably some late hours that Will Greer is spending this week as the New England coaching staff picks his brain on the yep. Cowboys offense. They will debrief him. Uh-huh. <laughs> Going to be be like a spy, right? You know, interesting though. Now, uh, I guess he, I would think that Will Greer might have had the opportunity with Burrow with, with what's going on with his injury. Greer and the Bengals probably they had to make a decision on okay, are we going to activate you, uh, sign you to the active roster? Um, but they felt good enough about Burrow's injury that they didn't need a third quarterback on the 53. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so Will decided um, he'd head to New England and take that offer. It's a, it's a big pay raise. It was mm-hmm. funny last week the Bengals were having the running back uh, run pa- uh, practicing uh, throwing the ball because he was going to be the third emergency quarterback yep. after Greer got taken. What, uh, and then they – yeah. And then um, – but when you think about it from Will Greer's perspective, okay, you've got you're behind Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. In is it a better opportunity you think going to New England being behind Mac Jones and Malik Cunningham, whoever else they have on their roster at quarterback? Mm. I, I think in the opportunity yeah. might present itself sooner right. uh, in New England than it does in Cincinnati mm-hmm. for him, assuming right. Burrow can stay healthy. And by the way, I mean. Burrow last night, he obviously was, wasn't able to drive the football, but um, he went ahead and played because he felt like the risk of going 0-3 was greater than the risk of further injury uh, to his calf. Did you see him so, sitting on the bench with that wrap around his yeah, calf? Yeah. I think it was probably a warming device or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, okay, where are we at Is here? Dak calling plays this week? Because, I mean, Greer had a great game when Dak called the play. That is true. Very nice. So all Will can can offer to the Patriots is, well, all I know is this is how Dak would call a game. (laughs) Exactly. I haven't seen enough of. I, I don't pay attention that much. I was the third quarterback there. Maybe they, maybe they'll, <laughs> they'll, instead of being the emergency third quarterback, they'll just make him inactive and send him into the coaching booth. Uh-huh. Up he top might be to watch. He things, might be an right? eye in the sky for the game. That's right. You know, or he's in whatever position to try to steal signs. That too. <laughs> oh no, we can't have that. Not like we're going to change those this week. <laughs> and. Uh, Patriots don't have any experience trying of to steal. stealing signs. Yeah, yeah, that's not something that they would do, right? Or, or putting somebody in the Dr. Pepper building. Uh, yeah. Um, so, what is it as we look ahead towards New England? What is it that uh, concerns you about this Cowboys team this week with this opponent? I'm just worried about them. I'm, you know what? I'm not worrying about the opponent. I'm worried about them. I'm worried about getting that offensive line back together and if it's not together then getting those those backups enough snaps that they uh, are better coordinated uh, up front and then the defense just needs to get back to playing sound defense and not scurrying all over the place that's that's my concern I don't care if they're playing Philadelphia Eagles this week that stuff 
is just take care of yourself. I'm sure Dan Quinn this week will really focus with the defense to try to get them set up for Sunday. I think that is his goal this week. You, you got to get all the guys on the same page and make sure they're not confused and we don't give up those seven big plays, as you said, something like that. We need to be more consistent. And then offensively, I don't think New England's had seven big plays all season. Well, we'll, well that's good. We'll find out some of their <laughs> stats come out. Uh, and then offensively. But having said that, I'm, I'm, I have a lot of respect for New England, and they lost to Philadelphia 25-20. to 20. They, That was a game in the season opener. They fell behind 16 to nothing to start the game. And – and then against Miami, a team that put up 70 the following week, they lost to them 24-17. And then against the Jets, they win 15-10. to Go ahead. So I was going to say, and then offensively, as Brian Schottenheimer said, they will emphasize red zone offense this week and make sure that they come up with a good plan. And you're right. I guarantee you they pulled back. Um, and just because out of fear – of their own selves, right, with the offensive line they had. Um, but th- no more pulling back. Well, at, at a certain point, okay, that was go. that was a game where guys are getting their feet wet, right, playing in the NFL, and you know the games come in a hurry. And you saw what happened with taking that approach in that game. Well, you've got to do what you do. And you're going to face a lot of blitzing, I'll guarantee you, from Belichick. So do we have a text all teed up there? Let me see what we have here. You know, i got to say, not many texts coming in today. Not on the Taco Tuesday. Um, Well, they had their chance. They did. I'll talk New England O, and uh, I loved what uh, McCarthy said yesterday about Zeke. And his first impression of Zeke uh, was the 2016 game at Green Bay. And, of course, McCarthy was on the Packers sideline. And he said, you know, Zeke made a long run right in front of the Packers bench. And he just remembers just how big his head was. (laughs) That's about the third time he's told that story. (laughs) And just just, this is a big man. Uh, And he had said that. You know, watching him on television, whether in college or wherever, and preparing for the game when coaches film, you don't get an impression of just how big a guy he is. And uh, that was uh, his first impression was just how big his head was. And and he had many uh, very nice things to say about Zeke yesterday and what a how he's loved in this locker room. And so I love I love that the game is being played here. And that it's yeah, little like homecoming, a little exactly. homecoming. When you think the last here. time a Cowboys, the Cowboys had a prominent player come back to play, and I don't know the answer to that. All I can think of is Emmett coming back with Arizona. Mm-hmm. But twenty what, years ago, was there anybody else? I mean, oh, I'm sure because they been. normally didn't let prominent players get away, right? Now, Demarcus Lawrence, where, right? But I don't think they ever played Denver with where did they? I don't remember. Came back in the preseason, I believe. Yeah, uh, Demarcus did. I believe so. I'm gonna look it up. Okay. Yeah, I don't. Um... There really wasn't. Now, Ken Norton did with San Francisco. Going back Thirty years now, Savannah. 
<laughs> but I was just trying to think. Somebody, you know, quarterback, running back, wide receiver. Did Terrell Owens ever come back? DeMarco the... Murray did with Philadelphia, if you remember. Oh, that's mm. right. He did. And he was a pretty big figure for us. Yeah, at that time. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember DeMarco Murray being with Philadelphia. I don't either. <laughs> he was there for a year. Maybe I was thinking he was here. I do, here do not there. even remember that. I was that. thinking he was at Tennessee. Uh, yeah, I, he flew right over my head. Um, but anyway, I think, it, it, you know, Zeke, uh, you know, he got a late start in training camp, didn't get signed until, you know, pretty much late August. And they've got uh, Ramondre Stevenson. Um who I'm familiar with, having watched him at Oklahoma. I liked him. He's a big, tough, strong running back. Zeke's a better running back than him, if he, depending on how much juice Zeke has left. Um, and he shows – what I've seen so far in New England, he's shown that he's still got it, and he had 16 carries for 80 yards in the, the win over the Jets on Sunday. And so I think we're going to see a lot of Zeke on Sunday against the Cowboys. 28 carries this season, 122 yards, and no scores. Look at there. And, that stat ready to go. But, uh, yes. Going to look it up. Zeke was right at five yards a carry against the Jets. He had uh, several runs over 10 yards in that game. See you there. So, anyway, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun week as we get ready uh, for the New England Patriots especially coming here he, on Sunday. Especially if he scores on the goal light. <laughs> Which we will get into the um, we didn't get to the offensive part the uh, red zone stats after three games and the goal to goal stats after okay, three games because so, the Cowboys are only converting 40% of the times yep. and 3 for 11 the last two games Yes, they were actually good in the red zone down on the goal line against the Giants. But since then, that's 27% the last two games in the red zone. All right, that does it for Mixed Shots on a Tuesday, and we will chat at you again tomorrow at noon. Go Cowboys! (laughs) This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?